Okay. It it's like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> it is so goddamn cold here. Well, we just had we just had a blizzard. We had like a legit like a legitimate pre-Thanksgiving blizzard. It's because you live in the North Pole. I can't do it. I can't you do have it. To but now. you own property. You own acreage. I own acreage. I'm, I keep thinking about my babbling fucking brook and telling myself, is it worth it, though? Was it? Is it worth it? Might not be. Get your skates on because that babbling brook <laughs> and babbling right now. <laughs> you can skate on it, though. <laughs> Very true. Very true. The good news is, is that I know probably about 10 minutes into this episode, I'm going to be laughing so hard. I'm sweating. So slowly, <laughs> I'm going to shed. I'm going to shed layers. <laughs> Come out of chrysalis. Yeah. The end. Why was Sarah naked at the end? Well, for various reasons. <laughs> Lindsay's going to upper rate. <laughs> uh, yep. Shit. See, the zipper just went down a little bit. There it is. Just went down a little bit. <laughs> I'm excited for today because I bet you are. Hey, listen, (laughs) let me tell you, you're all worked up. So, yeah. So for everybody, first of all, welcome back to Not Your Mama's Therapy. (laughs) Before I get into the actual topic of the episode, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading another episode, listening to another episode. I'm here with Lair Torrent, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sarah. I'm just Sarah. Just Sarah. That's it. Just, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I am. Okay. Comedic relief. It's certainly that. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, for, for everybody uh, who's listening. So what Lair and I typically do is we have a conversation during the week about like, hey, here's some topics we've been thinking about. Here's some topics. Mm-hmm. Here's some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this week, well, we talked about an hour ago. And <laughs> <laughs> and I got the best news ever, which is that you said you wanted it to uh, to get spicy today. That's right. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So get right in there. Buckle up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Put down maybe like a drop cloth. A <laughs> I was gonna say puppy pad, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you a, need something a more significant guard for that for your computer. <laughs> exactly, because we we're gonna be talking about sex. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna be talking we're try. about. What, listen, we, you have you have to understand you have two children running this podcast. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about my sexual prowess because I have two children. But okay, no, I'm talking about the two children <laughs> who are already giggling. Yeah, right. And like you have an excuse. You're supposed to be a cut up. You're supposed to be the child. I just follow suit. I have no excuse. As a matter of fact, as Ashley likes to point out, every time she hears an episode, you have a license to protect. <laughs> well, it's like I said, it's, I I literally I live my life and this podcast mm-hmm. 
putting your license on the line. Like I know we've really recorded a good episode. Listen, if I've not been reported to the board every time we put a (laughs) podcast out there, like a complaint hasn't been filed, then we've not done our job. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So today we are going to talk about sex and relationships, Mm. the importance of or or no importance for some people, for asexual people Mm. in relationships. How often sex is an issue for your clients? Like how often does it come up in sessions, et cetera? So I'll let you kind of like lay the groundwork of like how often does sex come up and, you know, is it. Is it one of the main topics that you're working with, with couples, et cetera? The way I would answer that is, is like, it's not an issue if it's not an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think when sex is good in a relationship, it probably occupies arbitrarily about 25% of the relationship because no one's really worried about it. It's good. We can make the time. Maybe we have kids. Um, we enjoy it. And those people who report that their physicality is great, that seems to be where that lingers at some, I guess at some arbitrary 25% mark. Now when mm-hmm. sex is bad, it takes up about 75 to 80% of the relationship and our time in, in the room. Because, you know, look, if, if our sex is, is, is tied often to what makes us feel good, what makes us feel whole, what makes us feel wanted, makes us feel like we are loved, like we are safe, like we matter to somebody. Mm-hmm. So you can see why if, if, let's say one person in the relationship doesn't want to have sex for various reasons. It pushes on those, those historical buttons for people mm-hmm. and makes them feel so many of those, those things, those questions mm-hmm. that we've, we've mm-hmm. talked about before. I can say, you know, and I, first of all, if, if you are one of my family members, you didn't hear this, but I, I can say unequivocally, my mood worsens if I haven't been late in a while. <laughs> That's right. You're toxic in the brain. <laughs> so toxic. Yeah. Like Corey just and, knows he has to put it out because. Oh my God. He's she's like. She's in a bad fucking mood again. And I got to. Truly. I get snippy. <laughs> the jokes start getting mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Me too. It's the same. I thought it was just kind of a male thing. It's not apparently. No, I get bitchy. Oh and my Ash God. is just like, oh, looks like, oh, she goes, oh, huh. It's been a few days. Hmm. <laughs> Clouds are coming in, huh? <laughs> Which of course is not particularly sexy. Doesn't necessarily really reel not. her in when I'm like that. Uh, oh, oh yeah. When I completely emasculate Corey, the next <laughs> thing he wants to do <laughs> Is lay some pipe. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> That's right, honestly, motherfucker. I don't know how that guy survives in this marriage. I really don't. Like, he seems to be doing okay. I mean, I guess he's got a good house, so at least there's that. Yeah, there we go. But so it's interesting to me because I assume that if people are coming in to see you mm-hmm. and their relationship isn't great chances are pretty good that the sex isn't great either. Is that a fallacy or is that pretty true? Well, depending on what they come in for, you know, sex often falls prey to so much. If, if we're not connecting, if I don't feel, you know, if we're fighting all the time, that's not always true. Sometimes people, you know, mm-hmm. they fight and then they fuck. And, but that sex often 
you know, when, when, when their sex is just sort of an offshoot of that energy that, that, that kind of pulls them together, they might be okay for a minute afterwards, mm-hmm. but those problems still remain. But for most folks, I think that when you're having problems connecting, you're having problems communicating, when you don't have enough time together, when you don't feel loved or cherished or chosen by your partner, then no duh, symptomatic pieces, we're not connecting in the bedroom. And very often people are like, I don't even want to talk about that. We're not even close to talking about that Mm -hmm. right now. And so, you know, when I can get people to connect emotionally, when I can get them having deeper conversations, then very often that sexual piece comes back online. Mm. That that was one of my questions was how you know, I, I I can't remember what the name of the show was. I watched this show at one point where this therapist prescribed sex every night for a week. Mm. Um, and the couples were supposed to, you know, fit it in. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, we were going to talk about how you guys feel about each other. And across every single couple, and some of them didn't make it every week or every, every uh, night of the week, obviously. But for every couple their relationship improved drastically because they made time for each other. And so my question was, you know, how much do you ever prescribe like, like that where you're like, you guys got to come together a little bit and that's going to help everything. Or do you have to navigate other shit first? Well, I'll fall on either side of that. Sometimes I'll prescribe that time together, intimate time together where, you know, and I try not to do the obligatory, well, you need a date night because that's the first thing that leaves. Mm. But yes, there will be time. I want time. You don't have to have sex, but I want you touching. Mm. I want you to make time on the couch together in bed together where you're actually physically touching because listen, you put two human bodies together fairly soon. Something's probably going to creep up and happen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Often I will also prescribe the other. I'll oh. say, you're not allowed to have sex. Oh. And then oh. watch what happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never considered that. Oh, yeah, as yeah, yeah. A, yeah as that's a, a good okay. one. Tell me more yeah. about that. Tell me more so about I'll that. So I'll say to them, listen, you know, right now, guys, um, in this time where sex is kind of on the table, I know this may sound kind of antithetical to the process, but I actually don't want you having sex for a little while. I'd like you mm. to just take like a two-week break from mm. any sort of sexual activity. And watch the panties yeah. oh, drop. I can only imagine. Yeah, because yeah, they're now they have me to fight against. So like, guess what we're doing, right? They're right. co-conspirators under this right. thing, and I can just look at. They'll come in, and I can tell. In the next session, they're kind of looking at each other, sitting a little closer. I'm like, huh? Did you guys follow all the rules this week? No. No therapy, daddy. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. So how, so, so let's dive a little deeper into, you know, obviously you're doing the emotional work. How do you help people kind of come together? Like, what are the steps that you follow? I'm guessing this is just an, Mm -hmm. an inclination that it might have something to do with the practices. (laughs) You know, you wouldn't be wrong. Right. (laughs) Look at me. So of course we want to use that practice, one of being mindful and aware, not of the other person, but of ourselves. And to notice, especially if the, if the lack of sexual wantonness or desire is lives in with me, I want to 
check in with myself. First thing we do beyond the practices is we get a physical. We make sure everybody's mm. physically firing in all, in all, in all the, the, the right ways that they need to, especially for the guys. So if it's important. a erectile function mm-hmm. and dysfunction or something along those lines, you want to make sure that we check that box. Mm. Very often we can check that box. I'll say, are you getting, are you waking up with morning wood? And if they are, then that means the hydraulics are working mm. probably fine enough. Still go get that doctor check, you know, to, to check you out, make sure your blood pressure is right and all that good, good stuff. Sure, sure. But we do, we want to be mindful and aware of maybe the part of us that's showing up sure to the sexuality or sex. Are we feeling, you know, young and shamed in some way? Are we embarrassed of something? Did something happen? But by and large for me, and this is where people are going to kind of be, maybe scratch their head. And let's also put on the, on the map, we're talking about sexuality. This is a big subject. And I'm by mm. no means am I saying like, yeah, I got it all figured out. I mean, they have a whole designation for therapists called sex therapist for a sure. reason. But, and one of the ways that I treat it is through narrative work. Mm the story, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because so much of our sexuality, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever you're attracted to happens in the brain. If you're not telling a good story about your partner, if you don't feel connected to them and you're, you're, you're telling yourself a story about how uh, disconnected they are, how much they don't love you or how sexy that naked isn't, you're going to imbibe on that. Mm those thoughts are going to become feelings. Those feelings are going to become thoughts. And pretty soon you're going to get pretty close to turned off. So the narrative, the thoughts that we have, the stories that we tell about our partner's sex and sexuality are huge. Mm -hmm. And for me as a clinician, maybe the most important aspect of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Talk further about that. If you have any questions, (laughs) there's a lot there. (laughs) There's so much. No, I, I, first of all, I love the fact that you said, Hey, pump the brakes. Let's, let's get a physical involved. Let's get a doctor Mm -hmm. involved and just make sure there's nothing weird going on because I've had things like that where it was like, you know, not necessarily sex related, but you know, a therapist was like, let's just check a couple boxes first. Mm -hmm. And sure as shit, there was like, you know, vitamin D deficiency or something Mm -hmm. like that, that you're not even thinking about, Mm -hmm. but is absolutely affecting your day to day and therefore your sex life. So I think that's so important, but then, you know, moving on from that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, sex is, you know, we, we talk about it, like, you know, this is like a natural thing. This Mm -hmm. is like something everybody wants and everybody, you know, whatever. And so until you start Digging into, okay, well, why don't I want to have sex? What is the issue? Is it my partner? Do I want to have sex with other people and not my partner? Do I not want to have sex with anybody? That mindfulness of like, what's going on there? Exactly. Like the narrative issues. But I think for, for people, I'm sorry, I think for, for women in particular, up until no. very recently, the idea that I could even think about that or be mindful of, of those wants, needs and desires or how sex comes to me, that's sort of new on the playing field. I think women nowadays in their 20s and 30s have, have really taken ownership of sexuality by and large, becoming more exploratory and uh, in, in, in all the ways that are fun. Yeah. So I think it has somewhat shifted for women. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So to your point, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I love, I love that for younger generations of women. And mm-hmm. I absolutely embrace that for older generations of women as well. Like the be like, don't let society 
dictate what you feel is right for you. But back to the conversation about narrative, I've fallen victim to that too, where, and it's not necessarily a narrative about Corey. It could be a narrative of, I work too hard mm-hmm. and I'm too tired. Right. Or I'll, I'll, I, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll create these stories in my head about myself that'll mm. keep me from coming into the bedroom it, it, with an open mind. Yeah. I, I think that's such a huge part of it. And then of course there's the narratives you have about your partner, you know, they're mm. not doing something right. They're not, you know, whatever, you don't want to hurt their feelings because they're not doing something right, but they're not mm. hitting the buttons. Right. And so now you're like, my partner is bad in bed. Right. And, <laughs> and you're like, well, that, that, that's, that can happen for sure. And let's also put on the, uh, on our map that social media and pornography don't help mm. the matter. Right. Mm. And so we have the, your sexual narratives about your partner often happen in the whispers of your mind. You don't even really aware of them. That's why I like to use that, that mindfulness practice to turn up the volume on, on your narratives around sex with your partner and what you're actually thinking of them. Because if you are looking at Instagram and, or porn, and you're creating this ideal that's airbrushed and filtered and curated and directed and all the Mm -hmm. things, and my partner's none of those things, guess what Mm -hmm. happens very, very quickly. Right. And I, I just had this happen to two, two guys. And, you know, one of the guys admitted that, you know, my sexuality and my attraction to my partner is being dramatically impacted by my intake of Instagram and pornography. Mm. And so we had to dial that back because it was seasoning his narrative about his partner's sexuality in the wrong direction. Mm. So in that case, it was literally one of your clients saying, this is what's happening. Are mm. there flags for you when you're like, Hmm, yeah. I kind of think maybe this is what's happening. Well, right. Because they came in and reported that like over the course of the last four or five months, sex has really dropped off. And one partner was like, you know, what the fuck, what's going on? And so it prompted me to ask, I said, okay, so how much porn are you taking and how much Instagram are you looking at? Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, how did you know that? And probably a lot, probably more than I should. <laughs> right. He copped to it immediately. And I was like, sure, okay, so sure. let's. Let's try pulling back. And it was had almost in this particular case, had almost immediate effect, right? Over the course mm-hmm. of a week, he said, I've just noticed that I'm more inclined to look towards him rather because I'm not looking at my phone and I'm not mm-hmm. imbibing on that. And I'm not seasoning my narrative with these other men. I'm th- and, I, and the other thing I add is that within your sexual narrative, within your sexual, your, your partner and their sexuality have to be included in your algorithm, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to look at porn and you're going to look at Instagram and you're going to covet those bodies and and let that sort of filter into your sexuality and, and, and how you feel about sex, you also have to remember that you have a partner that you're having the sex you're having sex with and you have to mm-hmm. include their body, their sexuality, their physicality into that so that, you know, you stay turned on. Right. Right. That's such a good point. Are there ever times where you actually prescribe porn? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Interesting. If it, you know, I'll put it on the table less than be prescriptive about it. I'll say, Hey, how does sure. everybody feel about porn? Mm-hmm. And you know, there are some people who are like, yeah, no, it's just not for me. I don't like it. It's sure. fill in the blank. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a moral issue. Maybe they just don't like it for the reasons that you can not like something like that. But for people who are open with, I call it keeping up with the pros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to prescribe a little keeping up with that. The, yeah, keeping up with the pros. And, and so you <laughs> take with that whatever you want. Because look, 
if the prescriptive, the somewhat prescriptive measure is for you guys to be in a room together alone and you're going to be maybe in bed or whatever, and maybe you're going to be scantily clad mm. and you're going to watch some porn, perhaps some things are going to happen. Maybe. 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 We hope. It could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely. One of the other things that I do prescribe is sexual fantasy about your partner. And there are several studies out there and I offer them in the book that actually say that, you know, we can rewire our brains. This is taking care. This is, this is dovetailing on neuroplasticity, but for Mm -hmm. sex, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we do have some dominion over how habitualized our brain gets. Mm -hmm. And so that plasticity can work in our favor if we're being mindful about it. And so These studies have said that if we can even artificially implant some of those, like now I'm going to go and meditate on my partner's body and their sexuality and having sex with them. I might even masturbate to the idea, God forbid, of having sex with my partner, right? Right. That that will increase libido and sexual connectivity with partners. So Mm. those studies say. Mm. I 1000% believe that. What I immediately thought as you were talking about this was if all you're doing is fantasizing about people other than your partner. That's right. It's probably mm-hmm. something not right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew one of the, I guess, signs I would say that Corey and I were entering a much healthier phase of our relationship was I had a sex dream about him. Mm. And I was like, damn, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it really did. It changes the game. You're like, then you're thinking about them all day. You're, you right. know, whatever. Was and jacked uh, and there were two of them. Holy God. It was like an <laughs> Eiffel tower situation. Just like <laughs> each Corey high-fiving each other over me. It was incredible. Did I ever tell you that story about Brian? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Brian, Brian's my, everyone knows, people know Brian's my best friend. Brian. Yeah. And he said to his wife, his beautiful wife, Jess, right? She's a stunner. And uh, he says to her, hey, he goes, "Uh, I had a sex dream about you last night. And she goes, really? You know, she kind of like, and they're kind of, he goes, yeah, you wouldn't have believed it. He was like, first of all, you know, it was hot and it was heavy and it was sexual. It was so sexy and all the things. He goes, goes, two of you and you were Asian. (laughs) He's like, you motherfucker. Fucking <laughs> Brian, every time. <laughs> He'll love that I told that story. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Jess. Yeah, yeah. She just shakes her head. She's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she knows what she married. She knows. She really does. She knows. Yeah. And you, you you meet her and you're like, really, Jess, this guy? Right. He puts right. her through it. Yeah, he's funnier than <laughs> Let's talk about a little, you know, we you talked about, you know, once you start having the sex conversations, let's knock a few things off the list by going to your doctor, having a physical, getting some blood work, whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. What happens, like, how do you help couples that legitimately have some issues, you know, maybe 
they love each other very much, but he does suffer from erectile dysfunction or Mm. she does suffer from, you know, some symptoms of menopause or whatever the case might be. Like, do you, do you find that pain happening too, by the way, that's something that I've watched that. Tell me about it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but (laughs) but, you should tell me about it. (laughs) Listen, we don't have enough time left in this episode to talk about my vaginal pain. Okay. (laughs) Corey is tearing it up. Oh, oh okay. from that. No. <laughs> See, I knew it. He's hung like a tuna can. Listen, I like I said, we don't have enough time in the episode to talk about how long Corey is. Okay. He's <laughs> a tripod. I mean, you know, he's not a super tall guy, but right. let me tell you, mm-hmm. yeah, he's I've tall heard. in other directions. I've heard stories. <laughs> But how do you, so, so do you, do you deal with that where it's, it's, yeah. I, I don't want to call it dysfunction because I don't think that that's necessarily fair because it often happens to a lot of people. And then is it normal or is it dysfunction? But you know, where you have those challenges, I would say. Sure. And so this is a delicate issue and, you know, we, we see it in its various forms where, Maybe one person is experiencing some kind of physical dysfunction. They can't anymore. Maybe through menopause, maybe through some sort of vaginal pain or injury, something's keeping them from being able to have sex. It's a really touchy thing now. You know, so the question Mm -hmm. I ask, is that a them problem or is that a we problem? Right. Right. Interesting. Because if it's a them problem and they can deal with that, however, they, and, but they can't shut down my sexuality. Okay. That's a different thing. Then we have to talk about opening up the relationship and what is everybody okay with? What are they not okay with? If it's a we problem, then, you know, we get under the same tent. It's a, mm. I feel like it's a, can be a far more compassionate lens to look at that through. Mm. But if someone's genuinely unable to or injured in some way, then, you know, some, some pretty in-depth conversations have to happen about what can we do? Mm. And so we just need to get creative Mm -hmm. with what does sex, what is the new face of your sexuality look like? What are the things that we're going to engage in? Uh, What are the things that are kind of off the table until you say they aren't Mm -hmm. maybe in that particular case, like vaginal penetration doesn't happen, but there are other things on the menu and, and, you know, right, can we right. take, can we make use of those? Now, I often get a situation where one partner just says, I'm done. Like, I don't mm. really want to do that anymore. And this tends to be couples who are older mm. where one partner will say, you know, I, I'm just not interested in that anymore. My libido's in the tank for various mm. reasons. And, you know, <laughs> I have a hard time with that because I don't feel like one person just sort of tapping out means that the other person's then tapped out. Mm, mm -hmm. And I don't have any hard and fast answer for how we deal with that. That's on an individual basis. Again, it's like, what, what can we open ourselves and perhaps the relationship up to? Is there some Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, poly scenario? Or sometimes Mm -hmm. we go to a don't ask, don't tell scenario Mm -hmm. where it's like, I, Mm -hmm. I know you need to take care of that. I don't really care how you do it. I just don't want to know about it Mm. or I do want to know about it. So again, some very in-depth, very delicate conversations about how we deal with performance issues or sex, sexual libido. That's just, you know, died off for whatever reason. I think that's so important that people have that with you because a lot of therapists don't delve into those conversations or talk about 
you know, what are the modifications we can make? What mm-hmm. are the changes to our relationship we mm-hmm. can make? Are there sex toys that can be purchased and used mm-hmm. in the relationship that can help with these things? Right. There's, there's so many therapists that don't really want to, I don't know if they think it's a weird conversation to have or what it is, but they don't have those conversations. Well, I can tell you that if, if I feel like there's weirdness around it, mm. And I feel it in my body. I will, I will, well, it doesn't have to be just sex. It could be any issue, sure. but sure. I will say often to couples, I'll say, well, I've noticed, you know, sex is a big part of being in a healthy relationship. I'm wondering why we haven't, you haven't talked about it with me. And, mm. you know, sometimes I'll get like, if it's a man and woman, they'll say, often the woman will say, you know, it's a little embarrassing for me to talk about it with you. And so I'll have to normalize that conversation with them and say, listen, there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can tell me that I haven't heard. And it's really okay. There's nothing, there's no such thing as TMI. Mm -hmm. Right. You basically are consenting to the, Mm -hmm. to the details. Well, and I'm opening the gate to it and saying, listen, I, I, you need to be able to tell me this and you need to be able to feel as comfortable as you can. And I need to be able to make this conversation comfortable for you. So I will bring it up. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame around sexuality. Mm -hmm. You know, we bring that from our, you know, almost through osmosis often. So talking about sex in the light of day with some third party stranger, that's just, you know, not on a lot of people's radar or something they want to sign up for, but very quickly Mm -hmm. they get pretty comfortable, but you need Mm -hmm. to be comfortable with your therapist. If you're not comfortable talking to your, your therapist about your sex, there's a problem. Mm. That's mm-hmm. such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you're absolutely right. Uh, the shame that's around it, the miseducation mm-hmm. or lack of education mm-hmm. around sex. Um, yeah. You know, back to the to the conversation about porn. There are a lot of guys that think that women come a lot, and we don't. We really don't. <laughs> like Speak you know these like. <laughs> Listen, if she's wailing, I'm going to come every five minutes. Something's probably. (laughs) I'm betting there's a little bit of acting happening there. Fine. But yeah, you know. I'm good at it. Keep going. And the Oscar goes to. I don't care. <laughs> we cannot be trusted with this topic. <laughs> no, no, I'm shocked I haven't gone off the rails yet. Quite honestly, honestly we've, we've been really doing adhered so to. Good. Yeah, we've, we've been, been doing great. so respectful. We should really be proud of ourselves. I think we are. honestly, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like, and so back to the porn conversation. Also, there are plenty of guys who, you know, in my experience, guys. Um, who don't understand what needs to happen. And so, you know, sometimes porn can be a great educator too. You know, right. it can be, it, it can be things where it can clue your partner in to what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can help you get over these various humps. But on no the topic intended. of, right. <laughs> on the topic of, uh, you know, this, this sort of, there's, there's some kind of issue physically that's happening. Mm-hmm. It is 2022, my friends. Yeah. We have so many options available to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many options for, you know, guys who still want to 
pleasure their partner or, or women who want to pleasure their partner who cannot get an erection. You know, there are, um, plenty of tools available to pleasure your partner, to take care of your partner, to make them feel good that are only limited by your budget. So, (laughs) you know, like it, it doesn't have to be a, a, it doesn't have to be the end of anything, in my opinion, unless it's in your head, it's the end of something. Well, right. And if you lose that curiosity and, and if shame takes over and you don't have anyone you feel like you can ask, but I mean, look, it's all a Google search away at this point. Right. Um, if you exactly. don't know, it's because of, you know, something shutting you down to the possibilities mm-hmm. and those possibilities, like you say, they're out there. You just have to kind of dig around not very far and you'll find them. No. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, your therapist should be able to talk to you about those things. Right. Right. Exactly. So, but, but it it is interesting because I've never thought about, you know, as people are getting older, maybe there's one person that shuts down a little bit. That's side of things. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah, the no. other person is like, what do I, what's, what are my parameters now? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm mm-hmm. not done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so what does this mean for us? For right. me? Yeah. I, I do want to at some point talk about the dreaded familiarity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're okay with moving in that direction. I would love that. Yeah. No, I think that's such a good point. Yeah. So that's kind of what ends up happening. I think for a lot of couples, it's sort of, we get in that space and this does dovetail off of that narrative piece, you know, that familiarity really is a story that you're telling in your head about your partner sort of being been there, done that Mm -hmm. in that category. And what I try to remind my, my, my clients is that, that, that this, your partner is as a human being. And if you allow them the space to be ever evolving, they probably are. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking those questions and you're getting curious in this particular case about what brings them pleasure about their bodies and, and staying up on the fact that like in, in, in playing those, those videos in your head of, of their body and reminding yourself of what it is about their physicality that you find sexy familiarity won't get you. But what I find is, is like with the advent of life stress, often children, mm-hmm. you know, big, important jobs, less time together, money stresses. Uh, I don't know. Let's throw in a pandemic or two or what have you, a natural right. disaster, any number of things. But let's also talk about like mortgages and, and car, all the trappings of modern relationship often put us in this place of, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of at bats with this person and this thing called familiarity kicks in. Esther Perel talked about it at length in her book, uh, mating in captivity, which is sort of the, you know, tome of sexual activity for people in relationships. And she, she, uh, talks about the, the dreaded familiarity, that thing that we strive for in a relationship because it makes us feel safe to, mm-hmm. to feel galvanized with our partner and to, to have that familiarity. But it's also the thing that kills sexual tension. Mm. And for her in that book, she talks about there needs to be this tension between two people. And that's what keeps things sexy. Now, I think that's that tension is yeah, that's right. That's it's important to have that. But I can tell you that the thing that is saying is sustained anecdotally, my own sexuality with the same person over the course of 21 years has been, mm-hmm that story and not allowing familiarity to kill the tension Mm. because she's so dynamic and so unique. Mm. I could have gone the other way and told a different story, but I didn't. Right. Right. And she's a fucking smoke show. Let's start there. As my, one of my friends said to me, as I unpacked this for him, he said, yeah, but we all don't get to look at your wife naked. I, 
I think about that every day. How I don't get to see your wife naked. <laughs> it's very upsetting for me. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and this was the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> you guys are not playing with her anymore. No, but it's it's true, and I think we've we've talked about this on on other episodes of you know. Well, we talked about it in our narrative episode, but uh, about mm-hmm. you know what what is familiar about your mm-hmm. about your partner. Mm-hmm. What is what are you missing about the dynamic nature of your partner that you're not seeing? Because they are every every person is dynamic. Every person has the ability to change if you allow them to change. Etc. I think we also talked about on our episode on single on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about jealousy, and mm-hmm. we talked about how jealousy can actually be the thing mm-hmm. that reminds you that your partner yep. Yep. is wanted by other people, and that can change mm-hmm. the familiarity that you feel when you start seeing the way other people are looking at them. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's such a complex thing. Yeah, some of these things are as you as you say it. I'm sorry. As you say it, I'm like, we probably have covered some of these pieces before. So apologies sure, yeah. if you've heard I mean, this. Listen, yeah. go back through, listen to all of our episodes again. I think that's the only, <laughs> it's the only answer. It's the only well, a lot of these things need to be said again and again. Right. And these are, this is a different so angle. many times. Yeah. 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 Right. No, absolutely. And, and absolutely. And that's why the practices are so good because they can be applied to all these different situations mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you look at them in a new light, in a new way. And in this case, sex and narratives are so closely tied to one another mm-hmm. and familiarity and narratives is something mm-hmm. that people experience. So mm-hmm. it, it absolutely makes sense. So how do you, you know, we talked, we talked about a couple of things, but how do you help people break out of that familiarity with their partner, break out of that like routine, I guess. Well, that's the one where I will, I will check in with their story and with their narrative about their partner. And, mm-hmm. and I won't do this in a single, I'll do this in a single se- session because mm-hmm. then they can sort of say all the things that are in there. And very often they might not be aw- awesome or flattering. And sometimes you can't unhear things. And so it would be good to just kind of get some of those out and assess it out and say, you know, is this true? Is it fair? Is it compassionate? And then we'll look at their story, the story that they're telling about their partner. And I'll ask them, I'll run through, is, is that fair? Is it actually true? Do you have any responsibility in any of that? And then we can start reauthoring a new narrative. And then that's when I will prescribe things like, can you start, you know, putting your, your partner on the, on, uh, on the map for fantasy mm. and putting them back in, in, in that mix, because that will start to retrain that story about their relative sexiness and attractiveness to, you know, your attractiveness to them. Yeah. So really looking at that, that the, the story that they've, they've concocted and is it, uh, has familiarity kicked in? If it has, can you take responsibility for changing it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How much that, that familiarity of routine too, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like kind of the way you're looking at your partner. It's well, we don't have sex on weeknights. That's just not what we do. So mm-hmm. That's yeah. our familiar routine and I'm not sure. going to, you know, whatever the case might be. So, yeah. And so um, we mix that up. Can you, right. can you mix it up? Can you throw a couple of curveballs in there and, and do something different, you know, really pushing foreplay and kissing a lot of times kissing. It's so intimate. 
Mm-hmm. It's so intimate that, you know, um, the, that idea of, of putting your mouth on someone was this very intimate thing and it will go out the window often because we just get right to it because we don't have a lot of time and who has the energy and let's, but what happens when you just slow down and make right. out for a little bit? It's mm-hmm. so much fucking fun. It's so fun. Corey and I have been making out a lot more lately and it's have been you? really nice. How's it going? Yeah. Is he a good kisser? It's, he is. He's yeah. a very good kisser. See that? Um, yeah. I mean, listen, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's the not top lips show and the bottom lips. You know what I mean? He's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll smooch Oh, you. were you talking about making out with your, with your mouth? Listen, oh, I don't care God. where he's kissing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. Like I, it's funny because like, you know, you have those like, okay, I'm going to work. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of kisses. Mm-hmm. And you get there again, you get into that familiar routine yeah. where you don't pause for a second. Yeah. And stick your tongue in their mouth. Well, I, you know I, I, mean? I, and I will, I will often prescribe a little grab ass. Smart. So smart. Yeah. yeah Cause I'm going to do that. Right. I'm going to be like, Ooh. listen, and you feel that little like spark that happens. And like, and the best part is, is the best worst part is you can't do it right now. Right. And oh, it's yeah, so right. Right. Now right, that's going to yeah. simmer. And that, will change the narrative. Like I can't wait to get home and get my paws on you. Um, mm-hmm. And so that'll mm-hmm. sit with you a whole day long and that energy, you know, ends up coming out later. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so true. it's important. It's important to do that. I, I think I probably cash in my prescription for ga- grab ass a little too much, but it's not my fault. Okay. Because Corey has a dump truck. A just, he's going to kill me. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Listen, is it's not my fault. There? He's so meaty back there. Yeah. And it is just everything I, could, I love. See, Ash is the same way. I got to get my hands on it. I can't not. What are you going to do? Not? Right. No. Like, come on. It's there. I got a, I got a like, license that says I can. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, it would be just as absurd if he didn't have his paws all over my big mommy milkers. You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> he just grabs a hold of those every so often. <laughs> every now and again. Gotta yeah. get a little, so that's great you know? though. We joke, but right. it's great that you do that. Yeah. Exactly. And everybody's, yeah. of course, and everybody, it, you know, is on board and has signed all the proper consent forms. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Right. We're exactly. assuming, of course, yeah. that everybody is OK with this when we have this conversation. Well, listen, every caveat for every episode is do what's right for you. That's right. You know, like mm-hmm. find the right therapist for you. Find the right thing that sparks your sex life. Find the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, but also, you know, especially when it comes to sex, I think it's good to expand your horizons. Do something that maybe you you didn't think of before. Maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you never thought about just like happen to feel when your husband walks by to go to the fridge to put the milk back in the fridge or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and there you go. Now you've done something new. Now he's felt something new or she and you've 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 changed the game just that little bit. So Mm -hmm. I do think it's important to kind of. Push yourself a little, but not into obviously into those uncomfortable places where it doesn't feel like you. I think that's right. And it's to get curious, not only about your, your partner's sexuality, but your own. And mm-hmm. what is it that I like? 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that I don't like? But what is it that I could uh, open myself up to and and read about it or look up some articles on um, how to do that, whatever that is, better? Uh, look mm-hmm. at a couple of videos, right? Look at a couple of videos together. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to kind of rechart that course. And I, I think, again, you know, curiosity for me is just so important to be curious about your partner's body and to covet those aspects of their body that you like. But again, to be willing to, to, to learn a new skill set. I don't know, get crazy, but it does it. That's those are the things that take care of the dreaded familiars. And, you know, in, in that book, mating in captivity, one of the things she talks about is, and I've probably talked about this before, but in other cultures around the world, one of the things they have is a partner that they have a, a significant partner and then they have a partner that they have just have sex with every so often. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of a don't ask, don't tell they have mm-hmm. a lover and that that keeps that sexual tension. Now we're seeing mm-hmm. with, you know, more polyamorous scenarios that are, that are coming up and being coming more, way more acceptable than perhaps they ever were, or at least more out there, that that is an option. And it's one that I discuss with clients often where they will have a third mm-hmm. come in a regular third or, or, you know, or they'll get what's, what's often referred to as a toy for the night. But mm-hmm. if you don't want to go to those, those lengths, and a lot of people don't like monogamy for some people is monogamy. And, and, and so you don't, you can't, you won't, mm-hmm. and those boundaries are there. Then you have to get, again, you have to get really curious about your partner, their sexuality, yours, and, and educate yourself, change that story that, that, that perhaps has gone a little flat, make sure that familiarity hasn't kicked in and begin to mm-hmm. take in your partner from a sexual lens, a more sexual lens, and also fantasize about them. All of that. And you should mm-hmm. be good. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And this is why sex work should be legal. So truly. Because mm-hmm. there are people out there. So, you know, for people that are looking for, you know, a toy, the third person, sex work makes that option safe. It really because does. you have somebody who's who's there for transactional purposes. They mm-hmm. obviously care about your pleasure and you mm-hmm. know, whatever, but they're there. They do their job and they leave and there's no threat to your relationship because you brought your best friend in. There's no, you know, anything weird. Right. Well, there's, there's also some um, apps out there. Um, Field is one of them uh, Mm. to my understanding where that's, that's in uh, all of that's in play. And so you can kind of get on there as a couple or however you want to do it and find someone that you can bring in. And and so, you know, short of legalizing sex work, um, there's a little bit of that going on out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, and so I have, I have so clients who they, they're, they're a couple, they're a couple and they will go out and negotiate with a third and, mm. and maybe it's a person who's regular and maybe it's not, but they have a firm understanding. And, and it's funny because they will lay down the boundaries like, okay, you can give him a blowjob, but there's no sex. Mm. Um, or there's only this type of sex. You can have sex mm. with me, but not. And so, yeah. And sure, so it just takes sure. a little negotiating, but sure. those options are out there and they are certainly not as undercover as they once were. Absolutely. So I think that's like the, the summation of the, of, of the episode, right. Is there are so many ways mm-hmm. to have a good sex life. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to do the work, look at how you're thinking about things, the stories you're telling, mm-hmm. talking to your partner about their stories, mm-hmm. being vulnerable with them. Maybe get your pocketbook out. Yeah. 
What are you going to do with that? Buy some toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, get creative. Listen, there's so many options. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for joining me for this. Thank you for having me on this amazing episode. Hey, listen, I think we did really well. Listen, again, there and there are more answers out there than we are offering, but this is a this is a slice of it. I think there's a lot of good answers Mm -hmm. in this episode. If you're having trouble with your sexuality or your partners or your yours together, there's certainly some things to again. I think that that taking a look at the story you're telling about yourself and your partner is a really great jumping off point. So start there. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you do have questions or there are topics that you would like us to cover, you can always send suggestions to notyourmamastherapy at gmail.com. We're always looking at that. We're always collecting questions from our listeners for the Q&A episodes. Uh, We just put up two different Q&A episodes you can enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did mention John Kim's podcast that we were guests on. We did an episode on jealousy. It's called Single on Purpose. So you can Mm -hmm. also listen to a special Not Your Mama's Therapy episode over there. And um, I would be remiss not to talk about the practice of love and how your book is available at all fine book retailers. That's correct. And there's a little special something called the audio book that is also available. Um, (laughs) A really great option. Just the look on your face. (laughs) Wish people could see it. (laughs) Let me tell you, there is no episode that deserves the conversation about your audiobook more than our Mm. sex episode. Okay. Right. Okay. Ladies, men, Mm -hmm. non binary friends, draw yourself a bath, (laughs) light a candle, light a candle. Get something waterproof with batteries in it. <laughs> Start listening to listening to that audiobook. Okay. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> That's right. That solves all, all of your sexual dysfunction issues. Truly. Mm-hmm. Familiarity will go out the window the moment those first words start. You will <laughs> what you start in the bathtub. We'll immediately go to the bedroom. There will be no stopping it. <laughs> right. And then you just get the book out and have your partner recite from there. Isn't oh that what my you do, God. Corey? 1,000%. Tell me about like, parts again. Therapy oh daddy. Oh, my God. Parts. Therapy daddy. All right. Exactly. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. <laughs> I know, we both got to go. We both got to go. We have jobs. We're only allowed an hour a week. That's right. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Follow us on our socials, NYM Therapy. And we'll see you guys next time. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Uh-huh.